0: This is Content Content, a monthly podcast featuring the people behind the content. I'm Ed Marsh. This is episode number nine, recorded March 26, 2016. Today's guest is Todd DeLuca, a Philadelphia based technical communications manager with Black Knight Financial Services. Todd holds a master's degree in technical and scientific communication from the University of Miami in Ohio and an e learning certificate. Instructional Design from Penn State University. You can follow Todd on Twitter at TechComTodd. Todd, Todd has held a number of offices in the Society for Technical Communications Philadelphia Metro chapter, including secretary, vice president, and president of the chapter for two years. He's also an associate fellow of the organization. In fact, this year, Todd ran for a director position for the SCC National Organization. He's also serving as conference committee chair for the 2016 STC Summit out in Anaheim, California. So if you're going, make sure you go and say hi to Todd. Um, <clears throat> we'll also find out today why Todd thinks it's important to give back to the profession and how it's helped him in his career. Hey, Todd, how you doing today? I'm
1: great. I'm great, Ed. Thanks. Appreciate your having me you aboard. Happy to be number nine. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Thanks for, ha- thanks for coming on, uh, and thanks for your patience. We've had some, uh, or I should say I've had some microphone and hardware issues, so this is uh, take two or three, but a uh, brand new microphone, and we are ready to go. That's so to- great. Cool. All right, Todd. Well, um, you know, why don't you start off by telling us about your career path in technical communications?
1: Well, we only have an hour. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> uh, no, it's, I'm, I'm happy to uh, work through that. So, yeah, as you kind of mentioned and and hit a lot of those notes in your introduction, which was, you know, obviously very complimentary, so thank you. You've kind of buttered me up.
0: That's uh, what we do here.
1: Yeah. That's great. <laughs> On toast. Um Yeah. We I've been kind of in this uh, I guess you could say business, uh mostly in software related industries uh, since really getting my master's degree as you you had mentioned at uh Miami a little over um 15 years ago that's been really a great part of was a really good introduction I kind of fell into it by accident having hmm. worked in um some pre-publishing and other things I was you know always a pretty good writer um, hmm. growing up and in school and high school on you know more typically on the creative side you know not knowing there was such a field as technical writing and communication right um, until much later But it kind of, so it kind of, those things dovetailed at one point in my career where it was, I was working on manuals and producing things for a department um, in graphics and kind of, you know, was doing some research, looking to get a little more education and try to possibly advance my career. And lo and behold, there's this field out there called technical communication, (laughs) which, you know, as a young adult, I wasn't really, you know, exposed to. And, you know, did some research, found out that my... Uh, undergrad alma mater was, um, had a great, uh, a well-recognized program. Um, one of the, the older ones, um, it's now kind of on hiatus, but at, at the time was still, um, recognized as a pretty good, uh, and practical way to get experience and learn a lot of the, um, principles in technical communication and, you know, practice. I was lucky enough to work as a teacher's assistant and get other experiences oh, wow. with, um, becoming a full instructor, uh, with my own class and learning and getting some mentorship along the way. So oh, what'd you teach? Uh, I taught a 300 level, uh, hmm. introduct- uh, technical writing course. Oh, cool. To, uh, students of, you know, different across different spectrums, uh, engineering to English. Hmm. Um, but luckily I was able to get my feet wet as an assistant for a semester before I had to take on one myself. So oh, cool. Uh, really grateful for the experience that that's that has really helped me even through other things that have kind of come into becoming a manager and other stuff and learning about you know the right ways and how to be good at giving feedback you know Mm -hmm. which is a lot like creating papers (laughs) and and things of that nature you know one of the interesting things I learned from that um, experience from uh, the instructor Paul Anderson who was awarded I got to see him again a few years ago at some at one of the summits he was given um one of the teaching awards I don't remember which one but one of the you know pretty high honors cuz nice. one of his textbooks is kind of the principal things that uh, people teach technical communication from nice so he was a good person to have as a mentor mm, sounds like it and, and to learn from but uh, what I learned from that is you know teaching and grading was the complimentary sandwich so <laughs> you know, in giving feedback. So you start out with something positive, then give opportunities for improvement and where things, you know, might need adjustment, and then, you know, follow that up with, you know, some other praise or something positive there. So uh, I've tried to learn and and do that lesson as even a manager during those fun times mm. of the year we all know as um performance appraisals. So <laughs> I've taken that with me. Um but that's kind of you know that's where it all started, and from there, I was able to you know land some work as as a as a technical writer in mostly software companies and have kind of worked my way doing most of that as a senior level writer and, and most of my career was a loan writer, so in many oh. cases, it just happened in the jobs I got I was working in smaller companies or smaller divisions of larger companies okay. where they only would have one writer so I was able to you know wear a lot of hats during that experience so I work on a lot of different pieces and marketing and other kinds of things whatever the office might need (laughs) Um, editing or working on articles or other things it kind of was a jack-of-all-trades you know opportunity but I always (laughs) managed to set myself up being prepared for advancement at some point if if things either grew or I should find other opportunities so um, I've carried a lot of those things with me throughout my career.
0: Hmm. Yeah, you seem like a very um, forward-looking person in terms of your career. Um, and it's funny to take a step back. Um, I used to teach high school marching band part-time, and uh, I've never heard it put quite the way that you did as complimentary sandwich. Um, I really like that. That might be the title of the show. Um, so it's funny to <laughs> hear that, though, in, in that context. Um, <clears throat> that's pretty funny. So... Um, Going back to your career and your career advancement, uh, um, I think you're the first technical communications manager we've had on the show. Um, Can you tell us what it's like for you to have uh, become a manager? And now, if I remember correctly, you're uh, basically managing remotely. Can you tell us about managing a remote team and and how that works out for you?
1: Yeah, of course. Sure. It's been an an interesting journey, um, so to speak, so... One of the things that kind of happened, it, it was really – I won't say it was by accident that I became a manager, and it wasn't really by design either hmm. because the opportunity was very interesting and you know pretty unique in that I, I, I mentioned in our pre-conversation before this podcast that I, I'm currently on my fifth manager reporting structure yeah, up the chain in five years. Whew. And so what has happened – what happened – in my current career, and this is with the same company that has kind of been swallowed by larger and larger fish. I've just managed to keep in the, keep in the fold and, you know, been brought into the mothership over time. Um, and Hmm. I'm, I'm still around and black Knight is kind of the the latest incarnation of that, that, that journey with the, with the groups I've been, um, involved with, Hmm. but the manager opportunity really came up ad hoc in a way Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't, there was no technical communications department and there was no manager before I was offered the opportunity to be kind of almost a founder and the first in this new entity. It really happened by accident in a way. Um, it was apparently designed. I made a good enough impression that they realized that there were these other kind of disparate writers working on some other products that they wanted to kind of bring together and, you know, be led by someone who was a little more experienced and could kind of guide future work in that area. They had been reporting, I think, somewhere through the product, one of the product teams. Um, and, you know, the opportunity came up, and I, you know, took advantage of it. I was really um, honored and pleased to, you know, to give it a go. Um, you had talked about earlier, and we'll, we'll maybe get into this a little later, that, you know, the volunteering and the career um links to that. And one of the reasons why I was able to get that opportunity, which in fact came about where I'd only known my boss about three or four months hmm. and was remote and hadn't even met her. Hmm. Um, but I, what I do is I share a lot of what I work on and a lot of what I was working okay. on at the time and have continued to do is a lot of, you know, leadership and other, you know, pretty involved volunteering roles with STC. And hmm. um, at the time I was, Coming off of a couple of years of being president of the Philadelphia Metro chapter, and you know, was making sure that I always let the people that I man, I report to um, above a couple levels, you know, know what I'm working on, so that they have that lens of my experience that's outside of what I do at my job, and that you know, I'm always doing you know working for more opportunities and things of that nature so now how
0: did the uh, senior management respond to that cuz i know in some places you know extracurricular stuff isn't always looked well upon
1: well i've been uh, uh, you know knock on wood <laughs> um i've been very lucky and i've always made a point to to kind of share that especially if it's relevant towards what i'm doing for 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 the organization and i've always couched okay. it and i've been i've had very good luck with this and you know, might write about it a little bit more someday that I Hmm. always couch it within it's a professional development. um, It's what I'm doing to advance myself professionally. And what I'm doing there benefits the company. Um, Becoming a chapter president makes me a better leader. It demonstrates and gives me Hmm. skills that I wouldn't have been able to get on the job because there were no leadership. There was no manager. (laughs) There was (laughs) no no tech comp department Hmm. at the time. But I could demonstrate, you know, just with evidence and and showing other advancements and things that I'm am al- I'm already doing these things it's just not at work hmm. um and I always press to and you know you can always, it never hurts to ask it isn't maybe as common as it used to be but I've been fortunate to get a lot of reimbursement for at least you know dues and sometimes some other expenses to go to conferences if I'm speaking you know doing more than just attending Mm, okay, um, you know, and show that I'm an active participant, and that these things are, you know, helping me understand the field, and helping me understand trends, and other tips and things that I can bring back to work, and and, and leverage to, you know, help the company. So, that's really, you know, again, I, I, I'm, I've been, like I said, very fortunate to have gotten a lot of support for that. But I also, you know, try to give, make my case. I'm always, this is one thing I really do, is I always work to make my case. And I always have a lot of documentation and rationale for why these things are important and why they should care and the benefits that they get from my doing this stuff. And things like STC, which is a professional organization, is a little easier case to make than, you know, possibly some other things. As well, so you know. Again, a lot of the years I was a lone rider up until the point where I became a manager almost overnight. Okay. Um. So, that's where I was really honing my craft and doing other skills and getting other opportunities that weren't available to me in the small organizations. Hmm. Um, and it's you know I can argue it's it's paid off uh, thus far.
0: Hmm. So how is it um, transitioning to? becoming a manager and then having to deal with a team that's remote. I mean, where, well, first I guess, where is your team? Um, and how often do you keep in contact with them and how, how are you, uh, communicating right. back and forth with them?
1: Yeah. So good question. I've been a, a manager for almost, of uh, this, a small department's technical communications department. I say, um, I manage two and a half people. So <laughs> one, one of them being part-time. Okay. Um, but they I work outside. I'm a solo, so um, work remotely. Uh, we don't have an office outside of Philadelphia, so i work I've been working from home almost full time, coming on almost three years now. Uh, the team that I manage, one of them is remote. the two two of them uh, work in an office that's in Sharon, Pennsylvania, which is uh, kind of near um, Pittsburgh. Oh wow. And I've had I've had opportunities to go there. I haven't been in over a year, actually, um, seeing them in person. But there were a few um, opportunities for me to visit that office and meet with other people and things. Uh, but they've been um, they've been you know it's been a real interesting experience, learning from them and what they do and managing remotely has been uh, you know it has its challenges. We meet. I have weekly meetings, so we keep in touch. Um, as a team a little bit um i also schedule regular one-on-one meetings nice. with with each of them to um and this these things have evolved um you know when i did become a, a first a manager at first I, I did a lot of research you know i do hmm. it's kind of boring for some people but again you kind of said i i try to think strategically so i think about and read a lot of leadership materials so I've you know been working on trying to be a good manager. I've I've been fortunate to have some good mentoring um, along the way, of, with good suggestions on resources and other advice that have been really um, helpful. Some of it's just learning on on the job a little bit, hmm. um, and working to get feedback and trying to you know manage that the best. Fortunately, there the group when I became manager had kind of been self-sufficient. So I've been very lucky that mm-hmm. um, they were kind of accustomed to kind of doing their thing and, and knowing how to get stuff done. So um, that's that's made it a much easier transition than it could have been if I come into a situation where there was maybe more flux or, uh, you know, other, you know, kind of op- issues or things with the company or personalities.
0: Hmm. So can you... To, um, share with us some of the uh, publications or some of the books or whatever that you were reading uh, that might help uh, tech, uh, expiring tech com managers uh, move up in the field.
1: Wow, uh, I wish I was working. I was in the room, uh, my my normal den. Uh, servant leadership is, is one. I can't think offhand who the author was, but um, that was one of the recommended books. Um, I've also read a lot of the, the the normal, you know, um some of the standards but of course now I'm drawing a blank unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm tethered to the to the microphone to ah, go no take worries. take a look at some of those but um what we can do too is maybe share some of those um and link to them from the podcast. Yeah, so we'll I'll make some... a note that we'll I'll I'd, I'd be happy to if this audience is interested to you know some recommendations. On that, and there are all kinds out there, and a lot of it you know I'll touch some other good resources. regular is uh, Harvard Business Review, okay, I think they've got excellent materials that regularly talk about um articles and things on leadership that I find very useful. Some of it is you got to kind of cut your teeth and know and work within the styles of mm. the people. That's been what I've really learned is that each of the people on my team is are different, their motivations mm. and experiences and other are different. So you know what works for one probably won't work for another. Hmm. Um, you know, there, just being manager and telling people that that's what you have to do can really only go so far. I mean, you'll get you'll get it done, but um, I think in that experience, I, I, one of the biggest difference I've learned is that there's a, there is a distinction I've, I'm confident about and having experience between management and leadership, because okay. you know, to me. And talking to some other people that I know that have been managing, you know, a long time. You know, management at the end of the day is really about getting work done and sometimes supervising. Okay. Um, so and at the mind. end of the day, that's, you know, what the company, you know, sort of cares about. You got to get have things done. Certain things have to happen. Certain work has to get done. And, and managing can just accomplish that. But leading can be, you know, something where it doesn't have to be as... Someone who's necessarily supervising or doing other things, but it's really just setting a model and standard for i think behaviors and actions that just show consideration for others and and help others um I think it's a, leadership can be a very selfless act um hmm. it can it can seem selfish in in some respects and it can you know benefit um over time and in a lot of ways i've I've kind of seen with a lot of the other things I kind of volunteer with and have work to lead. But, um, you know, there, there's kind of that mix there's, and and you can grow in both of those. At the end of the day, you got, you know, your first level is really just managing and making sure that things happen, that work gets done. It, it achieves its objectives and everyone's kind of doing what they need to do. And then leadership can kind of follow on top of that and be the things where you're helping your team grow or giving them new opportunities, advice, and other stuff. Now I've been, I work in a professional organization where that kind of management might be different than others. Um, but it's been really uh, the, the remote part aspect you you kind of mentioned has been not too much of a challenge because I, like mm. I said, it's been lucky that they were self-sufficient before I came Okay. and more or less managing themselves to a degree mm. and and doing what they needed to do. But I think I've, Tried to kind of help in there to help everyone kind of work together a little bit more. Um, I've given the or- the team a lot more exposure and visibility mm-hmm. within the organization. And I'm also kind of that layer between them and what they want to do and what they need to do. And when things happen, you know, I try to give credit. Um, when things fall down, uh, I take the hit <laughs> um, and shield them from some of that so that they can, you know, you know, do things because – at the end of the day, you know, we're a team and that all falls on, on me, um, as, as the leader of that group. So that's one of the big things is that level of responsibility and that it kind of really falls on, on me Hmm. at the end of the day. Um, and I've got to work with, you know, the team I have and, and find opportunities for them to do what, you know, they're interested in doing, but, uh, I think the regular contact helps. Being in the same time zone, right? Okay, is helpful too. Um, you know, I, I, do, I am work. We're a large organization, um, Black Knight as a whole. Um, so I work with some uh, colleagues that are on the West Coast. Okay. Um, increasingly, and I think in in the near future, I'll be working and managing some more offshore. Um, resources, uh, tech writers in India, hmm. and, and helping with a group out there. Um, so that's kind of one of the newer things that's um, been evolving. So uh, I think regular communication and the, and part of the what I mentioned earlier with the teaching, giving feedback is very important okay. in that and letting people know what what they're doing. I, I try to set up a lot of systems where these things are easier. So things are managed centrally and much more transparently. So I've built a lot of things with with my group so that the rest of the organization knows what we're working on and what things, you know, our assignments so that we can manage our work. So even if I'm not around, it's all very visible and the assignments are clear and people can kind of do their work. We did build other things while when I came in that I always did when I was a lone writer. Like we built a handbook. Okay. That, that explains and describes everything we do and how we do it, which has been very helpful from a flexibility standpoint, from a training aspect. It's helped me become better recognized in the organization, the setting standards, and working with systems. That's you know in the near in the possible future uh, going to help me with advancement and working on other products and with other teams. Hmm. So uh, that's. I don't okay, know if I got too off track there, but hopefully... no, I think we're, um, I think you're good.
0: I, what I'd like to go back to is um, you're managing a small team in a financial services company um, that obviously techcom isn't their core business. How do you promote um, you know how do you get your team's uh, work recognized and acknowledged? Um, how does senior management take it? Can you tell us a little bit about working as a small fish team in a large pond?
1: Right. Yeah, that's a good question. It's you part of it is regular reporting and, and really understanding because what can get lost in that and, and you're right uh technical communication documentation are not probably the most valued um ingredients in, in what we do. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but <laughs> but we recognize that and and, and it's not we, I don't we don't dance around it. We don't pretend and hope that people think differently it's just how it is and i think my suggestion for that is people need to accept that and know that well go find where you can make a difference or what is valued you at the end of the day you have to do what you need to do and what's expected and a certain level of documentation other things is expected Uh, what my team mostly works on is release documentation for one of our um major products okay there there isn't a lot of growth there we also do basic online help um Mm. but we don't go too far and we don't go too deep we just don't have the the manpower and the way the things are set up with releases and 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 coding and development there just isn't a lot of time to do you know you're just trying to keep up with everything at the end of the day and (laughs) as we know our our windows and our time are often squeezed and often at the very end of the cycle um and trying just to keep current has been, you know, a normal challenge. Uh, I have worked to keep keep things as system-driven as possible so things are as consistent. And we know what to do and how to do it. Um, we have worked to try to use existing tools. We don't use anything fancy uh, because, you know, there isn't much financial services as a whole is usually a little behind the curve in technology. <laughs> so, you know, deliverables like spreadsheets and PDFs are the expectation of our audience. Okay. and our user base. Um, anything more than that is probably just not you know, we're not there as a, as a technology. We don't do localization. Okay. Um we're a domestic we we do mortgage loan software. So that's that doesn't really travel much.
0: Mm, Um, And have much
1: need for translation so it's primarily in in the United States so you know a lot of ways it's simpler you know we don't have a lot of those extra um, complications or advanced type things to consider but what we do try to find and what I've worked on and and learned a lot in the last uh, year is a couple of important things of keeping people informed of what we're doing and how much work we really do do they may not see a lot in release notes and other things but they not they don't always realize well we're working on four releases simultaneously right okay and we're working on a base product oh and by the way we're working on three client specific projects and we're doing all these other things so i've really built out a system and i've used the tools we've got with sharepoint and other stuff that is makes all that very visible and transparent so people can always see the long list of things we're currently working on and, and the long list of things we've done in the past X number of months. And and having that, it really kind of helps just keep that people's, you know, they may not see what you're doing, you know, day in, week in, week out, and just, you know, every once in a while when there's a release, see your deliverable okay. or a small set of deliverables. Right. But along the way, there's a lot of other activities that happen, and that's, we work to make sure that that's really recorded and really everyone can see and view that, um, on a regular basis. And what I've worked in the margins, um, to help just find, expand and, you know, promote our team is just build reporting in that we send out regularly to, you know, most of the organization. So we, we took on and I've had us take on, um, I do a lot of these myself, but we'll probably be, um, sharing that with others, um, to work on is, you know, things that are reports and newsletters and bringing in other. Now it was selfish in a way because a lot of it was, I want to let people know what my team's doing, but I also want to help other teams know what the organization, know what they're doing because, Hmm. you know, communication, you know, often can be a challenge because in our organization, sometimes a lot of people don't know what, who's doing what, right. And who's working on what. So, you know, reporting on those kinds of things and helping people find stuff that you know they may not always see, has we found a lot of success in that. In fact, it's one of the things I wrote about in the October 2015 article um, for Intercom. I called it technical delivery, and that's you know one of the areas we expanded into, or I expanded our team to is, is a kind of a new, a no man's land, sort of no one really responsible area of kind of expanding our reach. And what hmm. we do, I don't limit ourselves. We're technical communication. We're not necessarily documentation, though. A lot of people would kind of put us in that, you know, that milieu, that small container. Well, I've broadened that container and busted it out into other places where we can, you know, have input. And a lot of it sometimes has been just because we, we want we need help in those areas because we're connected to them. You know, the better Mm. things get delivered, the better our documentation and quicker it gets out and the more, you know, people see it. Right. So we we kind of help uh, I stretch at the margins and try to find those gaps of where can we take on more to help not just ourselves, but, you know, make our – help everyone else with getting our product out there more so that it is more visible and it is better utilized. Um, A lot of times it was before – it was kind of, we just did our thing. We posted it out on a site or two, um, sent an email to a few people, and that was it. Hmm. Now it's regularly reported in reports that go out to hundreds of internal people and hundreds of clients that see it every week of all the things and changes we do. Oh, cool. On a regular basis. And it's gotten so much traction hmm. and so much recognition um, from especially influencers and decision makers in the company. We're seeing this activity that weren't they weren't much exposed to it before, hmm. um, and really has made a big difference. You know, we're not growing, but they're also we're also <laughs> a lot more recognized and understood as a valuable you know part of the you know collective. Yeah, I think a and lot of teams, Yeah, I think too. a lot of teams
0: struggle with that. I know our team does as well as a two-person technical communication team in a very large financial firm. So, um, can you share with us? What kind of communication and what kind of reporting you 're saying is it basically uh, you 're sending a spreadsheet around every week to senior management or to managers and clients saying this is what we 're doing, or how are you getting that recognition
1: yeah and it's it 's evolved actually, so what it started with um, I had this idea that you know people and, and part of it was driven by clients and not complaints. Or a lot of requests we got and questions regularly, and that's a great place to start. So I, that's my recommendation too, is you know what what kind of questions do you get regularly? As a and, mm-hmm. and some of ours were, well, where's the documentation? Even though they know we've they've been told twenty times where it is. <laughs> or I didn't know that this thing was updated. How come I didn't find out about it? Or you know are are they asking those either those questions for themselves or are they on the behalf of a client? oftentimes you know because they're they've got their day jobs they're busy um Mm. and so people aren't always going out to look for when has something been changed or updated or added they don't you know that's not and i wouldn't expect them to go keep looking for that right so every what i created initially was i called it a product delivery report and it was mostly our material because it's the material my team that my team produces it's regularly posted and updated out on a a shared portal that clients and other people can access okay um And that was the the genesis is it became a weekly report where all we did was just share, here's all the changes that that are out on this site of all the content that's been added or modified. And there's, you know, different content. Some of it, it it focused on what my team did. And then it eventually expanded into what other teams were posting and doing. But it was our report. But it grew because others were recognizing and appreciating the value of, you know, being told directly, what is, what, what's out there that's changed, is it new or modified, and when. Um, and also we, it links, and this is an email deliverable, so okay. nothing fancy, just highlights lists and bullets of the items that changed and links directly to those items. So if, as long as people have credentials and access to that system, they can go get them directly okay. too. We don't make them, we take a lot of that guesswork and them having to go hunt and search for it. We list everything specifically. And then you know the the nice surprise of that was other teams and other groups wanted to get on board and go hey can you put our oh cool you know put some links out there to our stuff you know and that it, it became a a nice vehicle that others contribute to and benefit from um,
0: way to break know, down no silos
1: yeah it's really helped yes it's definitely been an a, a improvement in our communication and a little bit of collaboration and then that initial report that was an internal report. And then so I proposed, you know, thinking, well, this is – a lot of this information's already out there that clients, if they were just looking, would see and notice themselves. So what I did is I just derived a version of that same report for our client audience and contacts that, you know, just shares the external information they'd be able to find and see themselves. And so the two – one report became two reports. That, that second report is an extra 15 minutes of work. Hmm. And then that got, you know, more exposure to assisting clients know what's changed and where it is. And then they stopped. What happened is we stopped getting a lot of the questions from the client services and the client people themselves asking all these questions. When is the documentation going to be updated? Where can I find it? When did that file change? We're telling them every week and getting ahead of a lot of that. And it's dropped, you know, those kind of repetitive things substantially. And, you know, side benefit, we've got exposure to hundreds of internal and hundreds of external clients every week that we never had before.
0: That's cool because, you know, we always say, you know, a lot of people don't know what we're doing or don't see the value or, you know, people don't know what we're doing out there. And then you're setting letting them know. And, of course, you know, tech comm teams are always trying to reduce costs or reduce support costs. And you're letting them know. Right up front, okay. This is what's coming. This is what's new. This is what to expect. So that's uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, and you have to promote. I mean, this is you know for as a department, for personal in a company, externally, as you know you know you you have to let people know what you're doing because otherwise they don't know what you're doing or just assume you're not doing anything more. It, hmm. It's you know people don't think about it. You've got to. It's you know you have to self promote. And I think that's professionally, within and without an organization. I think those things are are important to do. You don't have to be over the top about it. A lot of it's just matter of factly. But um, along the way, you just you know people won't know what's what's happening there. And you get your one chance during an interview, you know, a performance appraisal or something mm-hmm. where you're trying to remember what you kind of did. And, you know, it's you got that one shot, and by then it's probably too late. They haven't been aware of that all at the you know during the course of that year, um, so it's really been helpful because it also tags and, and tracks what we're doing. Okay. So when we can say, well, what have you been working on? What did you do the last few weeks, couple of months? You know, when I meet with my team or I meet with you know my managers, I, I've already got it. I go, well, you you've seen it. It's been in the report.
0: Right. Okay. So <clears throat> a lot of Techcom folks are you know they're always head down, so you know some of us work in solo environments, some of them work in very small teams, and some of us you know aren't terribly extroverted or would know how to promote themselves. Can you give us some tips on you know just how to promote your as a team and even well I guess as a team and as an individual, I think that's the that's important to um, have some information about that can you Can you share?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, that's a good question. And I, you know, I don't want to give, you know, the audience here an impression that I'm something different than, you know, I'm a big extrovert or other stuff. In a lot of ways, I'm, I'm very much the same introverted by nature. You know, I've evolved over time to know that if I want to, you know, do more and get ahead or do other stuff, you know, you got to kind of put more out there. So you do, it is risky, it is a little scary. Um, There is definitely a lot more exposure to it. And with that can come more, more asks Hmm. people, you know, when you're doing more, people ask more, but then that's That's been one of the benefits of, oh, well, you put this newsletter together. Now, this isn't a tech comm newsletter. This is a, you know, um, a newsletter that I created, uh, I'm sorry, a report. Another thing I developed that we built was a newsletter as well, internally too, that other departments contribute to, but it's we generated and kind of instigated that. And it really derived from that other report we did. (laughs) That was a good starting base of material. Hmm. Um, So I think if you're an individual, and like I mentioned, I'd been a solo writer most of my career. um, And there really weren't opportunities because there was no department. I couldn't advance to any other role. Hmm. But it, it is important to keep letting people know what you do. And if you can find another outlet for it, um, my suggestion is, if you're not comfortable taking on and doing something new yourself, or it might not be, it may you know there may be other groups that do it in an organization. I I've been fortunate in the fact, I happen to find areas where people aren't doing something, so it's not competitive, it's not taking away from anything anything mm. anybody's doing, it's not territory somebody else is going to you know, even if they're not working it, complain about or try to you know, you know take it away from you. Um it's also open to other people and we encourage other participants to share too so it's, it becomes a platform that we really okay. built for the for the entire division and group hmm. it wasn't really our thing it was just a vehicle and i when i designed it and built it it was for the organization and the group i work in not for our team okay and that huh. was you know that was kind of just thinking a little further out and a little broader you know we built it. It doesn't come from a personal. I built these systems, and I've I've, I've leveraged it in four other common other deliverables over the year. Where it's a, we created a mailbox that's that's shared, so that it's not coming from a personal account and things. If you hmm. got if you have so, my advice is for people: if you have a newsletter, share information in your newsletter in your company newsletter. Um, I we created one I ask people to participate you know put in their own personal accomplishments when I wrote my article or published article for intercom I put that in there (laughs) you know possibly selfishly but other people when someone else was running and for a a local office in an election you know those things become personal and other people you know don't wouldn't know about a lot of those achievements anyway Um, but there's definitely opportunities I think in newsletters or other kinds of updates to add content if you're not um, of what you're doing, you know, when people solicit, so, Hey, what are you doing? I think you just need to share it with some of your colleagues. I think you should be sharing some of it with your manager on, on appropriate occasions. Um, if you're in that elevator or in the cafeteria with, you know, people a little higher up the chain, hmm. you know, find a, a reasonable way to to share an opportunity to share some of those accomplishments and achievements and introduce yourself those those kinds of things are important, and that's one of the challenges I have being remote. Is mm. that I I haven't met I didn't meet my last boss that I had for a year. I haven't met my new boss that I've had for a couple of months. Um, wow, it's difficult. I, and I may not. Uh, yes, and no. It's but again a lot of it to me has become the regular reporting, the regular sharing mm. of what you're doing, and a lot of that's just if you're not comfortable trying to promote it in a vehicle that's kind of may seem marketing or a little too social for someone depending on their comfort regularly share your your achievements your work and accomplishments with your manager and that's what i've learned as a manager i don't need a lot of meetings if i know what my team's working on every week Hmm. what they've done what they're planning to do next i've got i've got that picture and as long as they're doing reliably we share a one note thing where all our notes for team meetings are centrally i have them give me a report every week of kind of what they're up to, and then we have a vehicle team meeting to kind of share some of that in between stuff of things we've learned or issues we're having or or whatnot um, and if you're keeping people informed then then people don't have to guess the people the decision makers and the others affect their impression of you and what they may say about you to others for other opportunities. If someone asks them whoa who, what's what's Susie doing what's she been working on?" they know. Hmm. Or you know, you know, they know because you've been regularly telling them and you talk about it. Um, it's always not in our nature to do that. People, you know, people think, well, they should know I'm doing all these things, but hmm. everyone's kind of got their own thing and, um, they may not know.
0: Good point. Good point. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's, it's hard to get out there. Uh, we're finally getting some recognition and getting out there, but it's still, it's, it's, uh, it's a push, especially in, a, in such a large organization. Um, Todd as someone who has moved from a tech writer role into that management position, what's one thing that you could tell or at, what's one thing that you wish more tech writers knew from a management perspective?
1: From a management perspective. I I think the the bit I was telling about with really just reporting and sharing what you're doing, what you're working on, I mean especially remotely, that's been a big challenge. I I'm not in an office where I can interact and kind of see what they're working on or just you know kind of casually know i have to just trust that what they're doing so i need that reporting to really you know know because i'm not trying to be i don't want to micromanage you know look like like i said they're they were used to working alone before a bit so mm. um i was privileged but really and what i've learned you know having like i mentioned five bosses and five years in this organization too is that regularly sharing what all the work you're doing, which, you know, in most cases, a lot of us are doing a lot of work. Hmm. It's just not very visible. Um, you just have to help people, um, see and understand that, um, the feedback and that can help. And I've learned you know, from my side to give good feedback, but there's areas, I think part of it is you have to have trust that if you want to advance to, or if you're having problems with, you know, kind of, um, Maybe you feel stuck, things of that nature. Uh, I think what you also have to do is you have to do more. You have to set yourself apart in a way, too, and set the expectation that, well, if you're looking to do more in advance, you've got to you know initiate and do a lot of that yourself sometimes. Hmm. Because a lot of us are busy in other things. We may not see or know what you're interested in or what you might want to do. But if you can show, hey, I've been doing this, I've been doing some coding work on the side and building this app, um, you know, show that to your manager. Let them know the things you're doing. I share a lot of the things I do with STC,
0: hmm. you know,
1: running for office, national office, being on an international conference, uh, being a chapter leader of a regional chapter. Those right. those things really set me apart and gave confidence to my managers that, oh, this he's really – you know, looking and doing these things out there um, and, and has some of that experience. Um, there's probably a lot of things people do outside of work that they might be able to translate into other um, opportunities or at least show that you, you're, you've are you got other kinds of experience than what they, you know, see in day-to-day work.
0: Um, right, and that leads to uh, our next topic, which is um, all your volunteer work with the STC and outside, and you've even done a presentation called – volunteering your way up the career ladder. Uh, and we'll put that in the show notes on edmarsh.com so we can share that with everybody. Um, can you tell us how all this volunteering and all this work has helped you other than the, the you know, the promotion side of it?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, a great question. I, it's, you know, some, uh, STC has been a great, um, organization, you know, there, there are others out there depending on, you know, what the audience is, um, you know, profession and things are. Of course, STC is Society for Technical Communication. Um, it's probably one of the premier, you know, professional society organizations for, for people um, in our general for profession. Uh, a lot of this was involvement with my career, too, and my interest in wanting to, you know, get more involved, too. At some, you know, certain times, you know, you may not want to do a lot more because of what you might have going on. Hmm. Uh, these days, a lot of my work outside of... <laughs> The normal day job is STC, hmm. um, you know, volunteering. You might call it work because you know. Again, at this point, it's a lot of, it's a lot more than usual for most hmm. people. Right. Um, but a lot of those opportunities at some of these more national roles, you know, all started at the regional and local level. Um, part of it is I, I got a taste for it. I had a moderate amount of uh, success and good experience from it that. You know that got recognition, and that got a lot of got a lot of visibility with people who are influencers and people that have been mentors and encouragers and supporters mm-hmm. and that's what I've found with s t c and that's kind of why it's there is really to support what someone wants to do with their professional lives um and or within you know that particular area there are a lot of really good supportive um nice people that want to help and I've taken advantage of some of that and the opportunities because there are always, you know, volunteer opportunities. Um, A lot of that became leveraged into what I do now. Um, You mentioned that presentation. I do a lot of speaking now. In fact, I have to Hmm. prepare after this for an upcoming Interchange SDC conference in Boston and then um, the Spectrum conference a couple weeks after that in Rochester. Hmm. And then, of course, I'm not speaking at Summit. I'm helping chair that program. but those things have kind of really dovetailed and, you know, worked together and they've kind of built into it. Now I've, I'm at a point where in my career I'm, I'm feeling ambitious. (laughs) I'm motivated (laughs) now I'm juggling a lot of things and I, you know, there's always that risk of burnout and trying to find balance. And and these days, I'd I'd admit this past year and the next year or two may not be as balanced. (laughs) Um, as they might otherwise be, but you know, part of that and why I kinda mentioned you gotta do something different is you have if you wanna change or you wanna do something else, you've gotta move the needle, so to speak. That's kind of a Hmm. a little bit of a tired impression. But I found the only way that I kinda move forward and advance or find new opportunities or new avenues is when I'm stretching and pushing myself. So it's It's been hard in a lot of ways, and not everything I've done has been you know completely successful. There have been some you know hiccups and <laughs> falls and skips along the way, and all these things that I've done so but I've learned so much it's that learning from failure and you know failure is is within a different context, but you know some things sometimes things just didn't work, other times it's you know you kind of miss you know you strike, <laughs> but you know you you, you got to keep swinging um but that's really helped push me towards, you know, kind of wanting to, to do more. And part of it is, you know, you'll notice and you'll see in organizations like STC and others that there there are those people that are, you you see them a lot. So I got the bug, (laughs) you know, I'm I'm one of the ones that you'll see at most of those meetings and most of those other things too, are putting their hand up, um, to do it. But, um, kind of from that presentation and other things, you know, you can also channel what you decide to do depending on what your goal is. Um, I kind of recommend in a lot of ways, if someone's not sure, well, you know, sign up for something a little bit to kind of see how it feels. But if Mm -hmm. your your intention is really to kind of make a difference or help yourself in a career or organization, you know, kind of do it with intention. Get involved and volunteer with intention. What is your – why are you doing it? What are you hoping to get yeah. out of it? Because there's often – and this is something that's in work and workplace too. Do something or sign up for something new. We did some of those weird – those reports and other stuff that no one expected or asked for but just felt there was purpose behind that. And purpose was, well, we wanted to help get you know stop some of the questions or reduce it and help people else – Learn, but there were other advantages too. We got more exposure, and we got more visibility. You'll find that you'll. What I found is that one or two things, or things you're trying to do, can lead to two or three other positive, um, connected things that you weren't even thinking about can happen. Hmm. And part of that's just by the exposure and being out there and showing the initiative. And a Hmm. lot of it is about initiative and, and making and taking that extra little bit to you know you're demonstrating initiative that's what managers love to see because showing initiative is, is huge it means you're willing to take a chance and risk and that you're mm-hmm. interested in doing something else you know but you have to kind of in a way move that needle you got to you got to shake off rust or you got to show that there's something different in movement people notice movement if you're doing the same thing every day all the time you're, you're more or less kind of still in, mm. in the flux of peripheral vision and other stuff, people noticing, you know, when they've got a 100 other things going on. But they'll notice the thing that's moving. And if you're moving, whether it's signing up for something different or new or volunteering for something at work or in an organization, that's what kind of sets you apart and gets you noticed for other people to hopefully, you know, bring along. But, you know, sometimes it's just you got to just move to move. But the other time is, you know, depending on what you're signing up for or going for, it takes a certain level of commitment, but you can do it with, you know, what do you want to get out of it? And that'll kind of help you motivate uh, of doing that. You know, I speak so that I can, you know, learn more and get better experience so that I'm a better presenter and that I'm a better person at work. I present myself better and the things hmm. that the team is doing. Now that leverages, I, I kind of got the bug. I enjoy doing it. <laughs> Part of it is giving back. You know, a lot of it happens to be with SDC, um, conferences and things of that nature. So I've kind of been there and in a lot of people's shoes. So I, I try to help, um, you know, pull them in. But a lot of it is, you know, you need to do it with knowing that you can benefit, you know, being selfless, you know, can, can be selfish too. But I think the selfless part has to kind of be the standout because people recognize it. If you're in it to do it for you or others. And if you're doing it and it helps others, and it serves others and brings them along and helps them do something that they do um easier or makes their lives or job a little easier. You know, people respond to that. And that really hmm. and they bring you along.
0: It's a lot of fantastic advice there Todd for career <laughs> and and volunteering. Um, you know, really, you know, makes me think just, you know, in my day to day, it's like, oh wow, I could yeah, it just it, uh, it turned on my lip bulbs for me, and I hope everyone that's listening um, there's a gets lot that same advice.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of room that people don't realize they have. And, and part of it is I, I'm a risk taker. I take okay. a lot of chances. You know, not everything works out. But again, part of it's that movement. People know that I'm willing to try that. Or, I, you know, you know, a lot of it is I propose things. A lot of them, I propose a lot <laughs> <laughs> all the time. And maybe half of the stuff I propose actually comes to fruition or gets approved or gets traction. But okay. sharing and going even through that process of proposing things, even if you don't even give it to somebody, really kind of sets the tone for what you – it makes you think about, well, what am I trying to do? What do I want to do? What kind of is pushing me? Where do I, Where can I make a difference? Hmm. And that's usually what it is. I'm usually trying to fix a problem. Something, okay. And it's often something – Frankly, I'm annoyed by (laughs) or irritated with. And my proposal is I want to fix this and stop having that irritation, you know, in a way that's repeatable and systematic or other things. Um, And, you know, I want to take charge to fix it. You know, that's part of my mentality. Um, But there's always a lot more play. I encourage folks within whatever you're doing to do it. You just sometimes it is, you know, you just got to ask. You may not get it, but if you don't ask, you won't, Hmm. you know, if it's permission or if it's, you know, don't, I don't, it's the whole thing. I don't ask for permission. I usually ask for forgiveness. (laughs) And more often than not, that has been, um, has had the bigger, bigger payoff.
0: So you've had a, quite a big progression in your volunteer career from chapter secretary, vice president, president, um, you know you became uh the chair for the STC summit organization and you also ran recently for a director position how much of that was you going out there and saying okay i'm going to do this or how much of it was you got noticed so someone asked you to take on a larger role and what's it been like making that progression
1: wow that's a good one uh <laughs> it's been really I'll I'll ask you what do you which do you think it's been which, which whether it's my ambition or the being asked.
0: It sounds to me that probably you initiated a lot of it, but I'm guessing that as you progressed more people noticed and asked you to take on uh kind of wider roles.
1: That's exactly what's happened. Woohoo. Yes, you nailed it. So that and and that's again it's taking that chance and being, you know, a lot of it is I've signed up for these things recently in the last 2 years that have made me nervous as all get <laughs> and you know i've had you know and i've had to put in a lot of you know some of these roles are rather large you know especially like the uh summit role and things that you know are are good chunks of extra time some weekends and evenings uh for that but the more i've done and the more i've kind of volunteered and participated you're right that's been a progression exactly that people notice and then the people that notice are usually the decision makers and other people that are influencers. And when they're noticing you, they bring you along and it's been very supportive. And I try to Hmm. do the same thing when I notice people at the chapter level, that are doing stuff that I'd like to be bring on to my team. I was, you know, asked or people volunteer you (laughs) or me for have volunteered me for some of these things and said, Oh, by the way, we think you know we've noticed what Todd's doing over here hmm. and at this level, and we think you should approach him about participating at that level. Ah. and now I've you know in recent years I've turned some of those things down because I just didn't wasn't necessarily comfortable with it. Hmm. I did not have plans to for a lot of these roles, um, and they weren't on my agenda right so I have a
0: hard time saying no. so if anyone asked me, I would probably say yes, even if I didn't have the time.
1: Well, that's a big part of all, is saying yes. That was one of the slides on the yeah. presentation is you kind of have to say yes when being asked. Um if you really want to, you know, try to kind of move that needle again, I keep using that phrase, but yeah, it works. It, it it changes. I mean, it has to you know, kind of progress there if that's what you want. Um hmm. but even anymore I I'm of the opinion that, you know, given just with all the media out there and social media and what people know about what's going on you know standing still isn't an option anymore you know you had to keep up hmm. you have to move you know if hmm. you you know everyone's it's you know you can call it a race you can call it whatever you want but um you can't stand still right okay you know and the level of what kind of race you want to run at what level of competition you know can of course vary but everyone's moving at some hmm. level, and if you kind of have to keep up in a lot of ways and and maybe that wasn't as much the case um you know years ago, but nowadays with everyone coming on, and there's just you have to keep learning too I learn a lot i I research hmm. and I read a lot i I try and know to kind of keep up with certain. Uh, social media things and all all the rest of it, but a lot of that has been like you kind of mentioned. You you hit it right. It's been progression, but based on a lot of it, the exposure and visibility, and the work I've <laughs> been doing being recognized and noticed by other people, who have brought me in. So a lot of the leaders in STC, have recognized and seen me present. You know, and you know a lot of this is a culmination in the last couple of years where I've been presenting at Spectrum, or the Conduit, of Philadelphia chapter mm. and those kinds of things and people recognize oh well look at he's what look what he's sharing and, and doing and oh he's he's someone that volunteers and does do these things mm. so we're gonna you're gonna ask the people you think are likely to say yes <laughs> good point yeah. not, you know beyond the people you see and recognize i mean if you're invisible or not really out there people aren't going to see you but when you're doing this too you're also sending the message that hey i participate and i volunteer mm. and i'm you know interested in helping or giving back and doing those things so really that's been the culmination it wasn't these things weren't designed um <laughs> but they've been great experiences and I, and I'm really glad that I've done them because they will help me um on in the job I do they'll help me they give me skills to do other new things at work so a lot of the things with conferences and stuff I used to I did that at the Philadelphia conference um, that that exposure and experience helped me with the summit part, that and the speaking um, and participating and volunteering, you know, within the program team last year. Uh, those things all really just dovetailed. And a lot of it's, you know, some of it is knowing the right people at the right time and when hmm. the right opportunities come mm-hmm. up. And if you're out there and visible and, you know, participating at a certain level you know, you, you, you become one of the the candidates out there. And I've, I I understand that now in the roles I'm in, because I'm having to recruit and find candidates Hmm. to join a team or look to replace me. You know, succession planning was very important when I was a chapter leader. And it's important in the roles, other roles I have now is you can't move on until you have someone that's going to replace what you're doing now Hmm. and finding that leader. And then, you know, Hmm. I, of course, documentation's up our alley, so making sure that's all documented, <laughs> you can fly the coop if someone knows that, oh, well, that's there's someone in mind or someone that's available and possibly has enough experience to be trained, and we have all the materials for someone to do that. Let's pull them, this person, into another role. Hmm. Um, so I got off on another little thing, but I found that to be a kind of important nugget in my opportunities is that... I create those by having myself being allowed to move on to something else, whether it's hmm. I, I've, I've done it enough or I want to step into something else. You know, it's all set up for the next person's right in line. I tell
0: that's, that's crazy. That's great. How you tie it all together with your volunteering and how, you know, Obviously, one of my questions would be, how has it helped your career? And obviously, you just tied that all together saying, okay, succession planning, and it sounds like it's an integral part of your career, and you wouldn't be where you are without that level of uh, extracurricular participation.
1: Right. I think that's if people are – you know, you asked me for advice on something, if if they want to move or or try to advance or something, you need to have a plan. Do it intentionally of how how are you going to – how is someone else going to fill your role? So that you Hmm. can move into another role. And a lot of that is, one, you have to express you want another role, that you're Hmm. interested in doing something else so that someone knows. And if you don't say it, people aren't going to know or assume that you want to do something else. So you have to let people know that you're interested. You have to show a certain level of initiative and action beyond the current job you're doing
0: Hmm.
1: that you're capable and interested in doing more. And then third is you know finding a candidate and helping document what you do do so that somebody else can be trained and brought in to really replace you and hmm. unfortunately a lot of people go i think in the other direction where they get territorial or they get defensive or they kind of hold on to a lot of information or communication and hope that by not sharing and being too quote valuable to move hmm. well if you're too valuable to move that also you know to be let go and a lot of some people do it in a very defensive way because it's like, well, they can't get rid of me because I know too much and no one else can do my job. Mm. Well, if no one else can do your job, you're, you're not no moving either. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> 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 huh. Great point. Yeah. Sorry. So, nope, no worries. Yeah. Uh, speaking of candidates, i get off the
1: box a little bit.
0: <laughs> no, man, it's great. It's, you know, there's, uh, you know, obviously a lot of recurring themes here in your career in this podcast. of – you know, going for it and pushing the needle and getting yourself recognized. And I think we can all learn from that tech-com professional or not. I think that perspective is really great. And, um, you know, obviously it's advanced you in your career a great amount. And uh, speaking of candidacy, most recently you ran for one of the STC, I guess, international uh, director positions. The uh, results were recently posted and it looked like you uh, – came in third in a very close battle, so unfortunately didn't get one of those positions. But um, can you tell us about what it was like to be, you know, how did you come across – let me rephrase this. How did you – how did this opportunity present itself, and um, what was it like to run for that position?
1: Well, that's a great question. It's it, It goes into the I was asked. Okay. Um, it ties. So into, was that something
0: that you had thought about beforehand?
1: I it it was not the first time I've been asked. Okay. Uh, it was the first time I've accepted hmm. to be nominated okay. and, and go through the process. And, and you know there is a bit of a vetting. A lot of these things tied together. Fortunately, I was a little prepared with other stuff. So usually people nominate within and a lot of that I've been nominated a few times over over the years because I'm pretty visible and active in in the society and of course those are the people that they're going to uh, that the nominating committee you know you know chooses to um you know look at and and ask about what interests are and you know based on what they learn you know whether they go for an official nomination you know it is a bit of a process that I'm glad I've I've gone through and learned cuz had to prepare a lot of documentation. Um, hmm. You know, it's almost like you know preparing for a job and, and interviewing because they don't just do it. You know, I'll give the uh, nominating committee a lot of um, props, and they do a very thorough job. And there was a very good slate of candidates, I think, this year, um, with a lot of good um, experience and variety. There, um, I finally said yes. Um, and, and went through the the, the process and, and got all the documentation and things in line and stuff they validated and getting references and all the rest of it's really just like going for a job interview in, in a lot of ways. Um, I thought, well, why not give it a shot? I do have obviously a lot of opinions and, and things that I, I'd like to bring back or give back to the society. So it kind of, and I'm on that path where I'm, you know, really trying to make career changes and advancements and opportunities like, you know, being a director, you know, kind of can help in that regard too. And validation being I am still a lone manager out in, mm. out in the wilderness, so to speak, mm. even though I have more visibility at the company. If I want to, you know, I'm doing it intentionally in a way, not just to give back, but if I want to become, you know, move to a next level of seniority in the organization, I have to prove that I've got some other other people recognize that. And becoming a director was one of the you know, selfish ways of possibly doing that. <laughs> that and knowing, you know, I do have a lot of experience from the community and other levels that I think, you know, and other types of things I'd like to bring to the society or had opinions about that um <laughs> I shared and so, you know, running that campaign was really eye opening and really helped me be supportive of others too, but it was a level of competition that kind of pushed and drove because I was in it to try to win. Mm. Uh, You know, the top two of the five that were nominated um, received a director uh, position, and as you mentioned, I became in third, so I feel that I ran a pretty good race. But the campaigning was just as interesting. I learned Mm. and gained other skills from, one, you know, trying to promote myself in a way that's that's friendly but, you know, shows – a certain level of commitment and desire because, okay. you know, I, w- I, I do it to serve the members, of course, but knowing that can help serve myself at some point later, hmm. you know, it's, it's just, you know, a practical um, one way to kind of think about that. But I, I did definitely have an off- <clears throat> a lot of ideas, which I shared, so I had to get a lot of that down. So on my Tumblr blog and some other postings on LinkedIn and things, I said, well, why do I want to be a director? What's the platform I want to run? On, and what what's important about the benefits of the society for its members, whether things could it do maybe a little better, you know I, I was, mm. you know my, I was motivated to be there to make a difference and to help improve, uh, because I think the things that, are in, in, from my experiences, you know there's always room to keep improving, and adjusting. It's a very competitive landscape out there for, tech com professionals, uh, you know across the mm. spectrum. And and the the SDC can you know continue to find ways to help support that, um, but it really helped me get an idea of what I what what do I believe in, and, and I wrote all I had to I wrote all that out, and, and that exercise was very valuable towards knowing what hmm. what are my core values, a little bit, and what do I stand for, so hmm. uh, I'm out there so people can ju- judge based on and and you know, make a choice in the election on, based on what I'm saying. And, and, and I'm also finding out, you know, does that resonate? And, hmm. you know, it resonated a bit, maybe it didn't resonate enough for me to be, you know, elected in one of the top two positions, but it was relatively close. Um, I feel encouraged enough that, you know, that showing and that, and what I was saying resonated enough that, you know, I, I don't know if I'm asked again, if I would run again, but I hmm. might,
0: Okay, that was um, one of my next questions. uh,
1: You know, I I think I've gotten enough encouragement, too, and that's been what's really nice is, you know, that and going through the whole, the election kind of race was really interesting for me. Um, It really pushed some of the boundaries of my own comfort on social media Hmm. because I I don't normally tweet and, you know, write a lot, but I've written a lot more than I have in the recent Hmm. past. And this has been one of those things that kind of pushed me to do it. So, again, part of that was signing up and agreeing, knowing that it's going to stretch and push. In this Hmm. case, it didn't really – I won't say it didn't work out. It's worked out in other ways in that I've gotten a lot of support from people that, you know, have have approached me. That has been very, you know, um, satisfying and, you know, very – they've been generous with, you know, feedback and other encouragement. (laughs) And um, knowing you've got – an audience out there and you've got people that support you through these various channels, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Hmm. Twitter, and things of that nature. Um, so that's been, it's been kind of, yeah, pushed, pushed me in a lot of ways that have made me, I think a better, will make me a better candidate for the next time. Um, Hmm. and I think that's an important learning, you know, learning about how to leverage social media to kind of promote yourself a bit, and then, right. like I mentioned, just knowing I I better understand what my core values are, and what I would want to represent members for, and how to be there for them, because that's really what, at the end of the day, is what it's about: is how you represent the membership to, the, so that the society can better, better serve them. So, hmm. we'll Good see. Time. I may go, yeah. may may go again if they they ask me to. So,
0: no, that's cool. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope you do. Uh, and I think you have a unique perspective that um, that the society can use. Um, I know we're running a little bit long, but there's one thing I wanted to touch on, especially because you've said uh, quite a few times that some of the things that you've done have been selfish. And uh, when I looked at your LinkedIn bio, I, I noticed this, and I thought it was pretty damn se- selfless. So I have to share it. Um, regardless of job title, The technical communicator is a vital, vital member of the team working across the company structure and its markets. Customer support, development, quality assurance, training, sales, marketing, product management, project management. Technical communicator support and work with all of these groups to help them do their jobs better. Um, That sounds like it it rolls up the Todd DeLuca philosophy pretty well.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's. You know, I'm not actually actively looking for work, so I wanted to put a profile out there that just helps. And that's part of what the promotion and other stuff does is when you're letting people know what you do, and when you do it to try to help other people, you know, you can go along with the Zig Ziglar and all a lot of the other things that, you know, can be out there. It's like when you're helping others, you're helping yourself, Hmm. whether you see it or recognize it. And that's totally been... My experience, I think it's the experience of a lot of people that kind of grow and become leaders, is that at work I find ways where I can support and help other departments because then you build good, better relationships. It becomes a little more collaborative. And if you're supporting them when times come, when their opportunities come around or other decisions are made, they're there and going to support you. Because if you're helping them do their job better, easier, quicker – Cheaper, whatever it is. And I think technical communicators do all of those things across all kinds of organizations and all areas and at levels. Um, that's where you become valuable. And, you know, your values, you know, I've found the value, and a lot of it is at work, but in a lot of the SDC is that is the value in serving the others. Um, it ends up serving yourself. In a lot of ways, whether you, you know, do it intentionally, like I sort of encourage, because it helps focus and plays to Mm. what you really want to get out of an experience. Um, But it gives back in a lot of other ways that, you know, you don't even know about or don't, you know, can't be prepared to even know or recognize. But when those opportunities come around and someone's thinking about you and what you've done for them and how you can help and the things, the skills and other experiences you bring that's where you know those opportunities really come come around
0: hmm so todd you are a busy gentleman you are doing all your volunteer stuff you most recently well not re- recently ran for uh or were appointed i don't even know what to called. awarded associate fellow of, of the stc and uh, you know obviously you got your full-time job what do you do or do you have time to do anything else other than all your your volunteer work when you're not in the office so to speak Uh,
1: i wish i wish i could (laughs) say that i had much more of a life um, outside of those things now um you know i i do have other little you know hobbies that, that that i enjoy that um you know, I'm kind of a kid at heart in some ways, so hmm. I still build Lego occasionally. Nice. Um, certain sets are kind of fun to do. You know, there's they, they have some fun ones now. There's a Doctor Who, and hmm. there's, you know, a Big Bang Theory. So those are, you know, some quiet moments. I hope to get outdoors a little bit more often as the weather's hmm. um, getting up, um, warming up a little bit now. Um, you know, I've kind of made a conscious decision to sort of not necessarily looking to be that busy, A lot of it's just dovetailed into what's been offered and what's Mm. been asked of me lately that are, you know, frankly, opportunities that are in a lot of ways too great to pass up because, Mm. you know, um, having the chance to, you know, be the chair of the SDC Summit, you know, that's one person's role once a year. um, And and it's a pretty big one. Um, Mm. And that's been an amazing experience. I've had a great team to work with and leveraged a lot of stuff, um, there it's, a lot of it is just circumstantial too. I mean, you know, it's kind of that when it rains, it pours. Right. And this is just one of those very rainy, good rainy periods <laughs> right now. I mean, the associate fellow thing is, is, has been a great honor. Um, a lot of that came to pass in that I hit the, the milestones that are necessary to be considered for that role. Okay. And obviously have enough you know, with all the other things that have been mentioned, you know, experience and, and supporting and volunteering in the organization to have, you know, a lot of that background. But that was a process in and of itself very similar to the nomination for director. Um, but having preparing for the director thing and having that, you know, all that prepared and ready and all that documentation and preparing for that may get doing the the application for consideration of associate fellow. I kind of leveraged both of them. I almost got in a, lot, in a little way two for one. I just need repurposing to repurposing you know, content. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so a lot of that happens just to be circumstantial, but it's like, well, it's just another little extra bit to, you know, for this great opportunity while it's here. Mm. I, you know, I, I grabbed it. Um, so yeah, I hope to get out a little bit more. I hope that <laughs> you and I get a chance opportunity to go out. I do, you know, like my craft beers. And yes. some of those other things. So um, I do try to get out a little bit more. It just happens to be for SDC at some of the upcoming um, conferences up at Interchange in Boston and uh, Spectrum up in Rochester. They both do very good shows. And if if it weren't for um, some scheduling for next weekend, I'd, I'm sure I'd be participating at the, um, the Conduit Philadelphia Summit. And kudos <laughs> right. to yeah. you. I'd, I'd be trying to go to your session if, if I wasn't out of town.
0: Hey, yeah, I was uh, disappointed to hear that you won't be at the uh, SDC Philly Metro conference next week, which is April the 2nd. Uh, I'll actually be presenting. And here's my little plug. Uh, I'll be presenting for the first time. I'm excited. Um, I'll be presenting social media for technical communicators. And I'll be sure to put that up on SlideShare. So when people actually hear this, uh, they'll be able to download the slides. And maybe, you know, uh, maybe maybe that'll expand to a larger presentation role somewhere else but um i was hoping to see you next week and i know that usually there's a nice after party with some great beverages so uh i'll raise a glass to you next week todd and uh hopefully i'll see you maybe at content camp later this year or someplace else
1: yeah no that's great techcom todd i'm out there so that's it's you know with a lot of the audience it's kind of i've tried to build that brand so it's something easy to remember Hmm. and search for and the different vehicles and that's been an experience too just trying to do that as part of that little bit of exposure and promotion a little bit is you know trying to do that and i suspect knowing you know your experience and i think this is really the second time you've presented you've
0: yeah i, I, I did it our chapter yeah, level and now right. it's, uh i'm expanding to the yes, regional level so that's, and
1: that's the path i've followed so you, you'll yeah we'll see you, you may be getting the bug and and doing more but i i hope you enjoyed. it i think it's 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 great to give back and, and doing these things is, is a lot of fun. You learn a lot. And, um, you know, I'm really grateful for this opportunity and experience, you know, to be number nine on your <laughs> content, content podcast. I've heard really great things. You've had a number of really just to be considered with the list of all the other people you've had um, on your show. It's been, you know, it's it's a great honor and I'm, I'm happy and pleased that you invited me.
0: Well, man, it's been inspirational. I have to say, you know, you have a lot of great insight about being a technical communicator and getting yourself out there and all the promotion and, you know, giving back. I've always believed in giving back. So to have someone on the show that's doing that level of activity, I think is fantastic. And I hope that it inspires others to get involved, uh, if not STC, in STC in and something that they're passionate about or something that they love. Um, so, Todd, do you want to tell us real quickly um where your Tumblr is? Are you keeping that active?
1: It's somewhat active. It was really my first <laughs> foray into working to um, kind of blog um, gently. <laughs> uh, eventually, I do hope to you know have a WordPress site and really collab, you know, pull together a lot of these resources and things I've done, experience-wise, which I had to do. So I'm gonna am I'm gonna repurpose the content nice. that I did for the uh, those other applications. <laughs> For STC, so that was that was an interesting exercise to really oh, cool. see that path um, there. But really, I try to be a little bit more active on uh, LinkedIn um, okay. as Techcom Todd and, and Twitter a bit to support and you know promote what you know a lot of speakers and other people in our profession are doing um, out there. And I hope to become a more regular blogger. It's again part of it's you know it is you know a lot of things going on, but yeah, it's been good experience. I got more through that and doing the election on trying to blog a bit. Hmm. Um it's really kinda of helped get the juices going and kind of inspire me to you know to do that a little bit more regularly. So but if you look up Techcom Todd, one word, two Ds <laughs> on the Todd, you'll 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 see me out there and, you know, I hope to um I, I know we'll we'll hang out in the in the near future and, you know, any of your audience, you know, please Send me a note, contact me if I can help you with anything, whether it's advice or other things, you know, that's, uh, um, that's why I'm out there is, you know, to give back and help support from helping people learn and, you know, maybe avoid some of the things I've done, but, you know, part of it is scraping your knees and (laughs) getting some of that other practice. You got to work those muscles if you want to build them and, you know good analogy it's it's been it's been a heck of a ride so and this is another culmination and being part of the ed marsh's uh content content podcast is just another huge feather feather in the cap and a, a milestone achievement so
0: nice It's been nice. a
1: good honor thank you yeah
0: you're hitting relative fame now <laughs> a small bit of fame But uh, thanks again, Todd. And uh, I dabble a bit in WordPress. If there's anything you need, let me know. I'm looking into doing our uh, chapter site in WordPress now. So I'm learning a ton in a virtual machine. And, uh, of course, Edmarsh.com is on WordPress. So uh, I'm a little familiar. If you need some help, let me know. Um, I'll be in touch. Cool. Awesome. And we'll have to get a beer soon. So you can find me on Twitter at Edmarsh. And, of course, uh, you can find show notes for this episode and all the other episodes at Edmarsh.com. And you can subscribe to Content Content Podcast on iTunes. Uh, you can go to edmarsh.com slash podcast and get the RSS feed if you're on Android. You can also now listen to the Content Content Podcast on TuneIn Radio, which I found on my Alexa it's pretty cool. And um, also the Google Play Mute Podcast Store will be... Uh, already has us on there but uh, google hasn't decided to make it available so when they do launch that you can get us there as well and if you can if you're on itunes or you go to itunes please let us know how we're doing write us a review and let others know about the podcast so um hopefully i'll see some of you next week at the stc philly metro conduit conference and todd hopefully you and i will get together soon And uh, until then, everyone, thanks again. Thank you, Todd. Have a great day.
1: My pleasure. Thank you. You too.